Day and night and night and day, the living creatures give their praise. To Him who lives eternally, they never cease from saying, Holy, holy is Yahweh. Hello, welcome to Walking in the Word and this special reading of the book of 1 Samuel. So today we are going to be reading chapters 5 through 8, and I'm going to go ahead and get started on that. Chapter 5, 1 Samuel 5. After the Philistines captured the Ark of Elohim, they took it from the battleground at Ebenezer to the town of Ashdod. They carried the Ark of Elohim into the temple of Dagon and placed it beside an idol of Dagon. But when the citizens of Ashdod went to see it the next morning, Dagon had fallen with his face to the ground in front of the Ark of Yahweh. So they took Dagon and put him in his place again. But the next morning, the same thing happened. Dagon had fallen face down before the Ark of Yahweh again. This time his hand and his head and hands had broken off and were lying in the doorway. Only the trunk of his body was left intact. That is why to this day, neither the priest of Dagon nor anyone who enters the temple of Dagon and Ashdod will step on its threshold. Then Yahweh's heavy hand struck the people of Ashdod and the nearby villages with a plague of tumors. When the people realized what was happening, they cried out, We can't keep the Ark of Elohim of Yasharel here any longer. He is against us. We will all be destroyed along with Dagon, our Elohim. So they called together the rulers of the Philistine towns and asked, What should we do with the Ark? of the Elohim of Yasharel. The rulers discussed it and replied, move it to the town of Gath. So they moved the ark of the Elohim of Yasharel to Gath. But when the ark arrived at Gath, Yahweh's heavy hand fell upon its men, young and old. He struck them with a plague of tumors and there was a great panic. So they sent the ark of Elohim to the town of Ekron. But when the people of Ekron saw it coming, they cried out, they are bringing the ark of Elohim of Yashorel here to kill us too. The people summoned the Philistine rulers again and begged them, please send the ark of Elohim of Yashorel back to its own country or it will kill us all. For the deadly plague from Elohim had already begun and great fear was sweeping across the town. Those who didn't die were afflicted with tumors, and the cry from the town rose to heaven. First Samuel chapter 6. The ark of Yahweh remained in Philistine territory seven months in all. Then the Philistines called in their priests and diviners and asked them, what should we do about the ark of Yahweh? Tell us how to return it to its own country. Send the Ark of the Elohim of Yasharel back with a gift, they were told. Send a guilt offer to offering so the plague will stop. Then if you are healed, you will know it was his hand that caused the plague. What sort of guilt offering should we send, they asked. And they were told, since the plague has struck both you and your five rulers, make five gold tumors and five gold rats. 
just like those that have ravaged your land. Make these things to to show honor to the Elohim of Yasharel. Perhaps then he will stop afflicting you, your gods and your land. Don't be stubborn and rebellious as Pharaoh and the Egyptians were. By the time Elohim was finished with them, they were eager to let Yasharel go. Now build a new cart and find two cows that have just given birth to calves. Make sure the cows have never been yoked to a cart. Hitch the cows to the cart, but shut their calves away from them in a pen. Put the Ark of Yahweh on the cart and beside it place a chest containing the gold rats and gold tumors you are sending as a guilt offering. Then let the cows go wherever they want. If they cross the border of our land and go to Bet Shemesh, we will know it was Yahweh who brought this great disaster upon us. If they don't, we will know it was not his hand that caused the plague. It came simply by chance. So these instructions were carried out. Two cows were hitched to the cart and their newborn calves were shut up in a pen. Then the ark of Yahweh and the chest containing the gold rats and gold tumors were placed on the cart. And sure enough, without veering off in other directions, the cows went straight along the road toward Bet Shemesh, lowing as they went. The Philistine rulers followed them as far as the border of Bet Shemesh. The people of Bet Shemesh were harvesting wheat in the valley. And when they saw the ark, they were overjoyed. The cart came into the field of a man named Joshua and stopped beside a large rock. So the people broke up the wood of the cart for a fire and killed the cows and sacrificed them to Yahweh as a burnt offering. Several men of the tribe of Levi lifted the ark of Yahweh and the chest containing the gold rats and gold tumors from the cart and placed them on the large rock. Many sacrifices and burnt offerings were offered to Yahweh that day by the people of Bet Shemesh. The five Philistine rulers watched all this and then returned to Ekron that same day. The five gold tumors sent by the Philistines as a guilt offering to Yahweh were gifts from the rulers of Ashdod, Gaza, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron. The five gold rats represented the five Philistine towns and their surrounding villages, which were controlled by the five rulers. The large rock at Bet Shemesh, where they set the Ark of Yahweh, still stands in the field of Joshua as a witness to what happened there. But Yahweh killed 70 men from Bet Shemesh because they looked into the Ark of Yahweh. And the people mourned greatly because of what Yahweh had done. Who's able to stand in the presence of Yahweh, this holy Elohim, they cried out. Where can we send the ark from here? So they sent messengers to the people at Kiriath-Jerim and told them, the Philistines have returned the ark of Yahweh. Come here and get it. Chapter 7. So the men of Kiriath-Jerim came to get the Ark of Yahweh. They took it to the hillside home of Abinadab and order, ordained Eleazar, his son, to be in charge of it. The Ark remained in Kiriath-Jerim for a long time, 20 years in all. During that time, all Yasharel mourned because it seemed Yahweh had abandoned them. Then Samuel said to all the people of Yasharel, if you want to return to Yahweh with all your hearts, get rid of your foreign Elohims and your images of Ashtoreth. Turn your hearts to Yahweh and obey him alone. Then he will rescue you from the Philistines. 
So the Israelites got rid of their images of Baal and Ashtoreth and worshiped only Yahweh. Then Samuel told them, gather all of Yasharel to Mizpah and I will pray to Yahweh for you. So they gathered at Mizpah and in a great ceremony drew water from a well and poured it out before Yahweh. They also went without food all day and confessed that they had sinned against Yahweh. It was at Mizpah that Samuel became Yasharel's judge. When the Philistine rulers heard that Yasharel had gathered at Mizpah, they mobilized their army and advanced. The Israelites were badly frightened when they learned that the Philistines were approaching. Don't stop pleading with Yahweh, our Elohim, to save us from the Philistines, they begged Samuel. So Samuel took a young lamb and offered it to Yahweh as a whole burnt offering. He pleaded with Yahweh to help Yasharel, and Yahweh answered him. Just as Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines arrived to attack Yasharel. But Yahweh spoke with a mighty voice of thunder from heaven that day, and the Philistines were thrown into such confusion that the Yasharelites defeated them. The men of Yashorel chased them from Mizpah to a place below Bet-Kar, slaughtering them all along the way. Samuel then took a large stone and placed it between the towns of Mizpah and Yeshina. He named it Ebenezer, which means the stone of help, for he said, up to this point, Yahweh has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and didn't invade Yasharel again for some time. And throughout Samuel's lifetime, Yahweh's powerful hand was raised against the Philistines. The Israelite villages near Ekron and Gath that the Philistines had captured were restored to Yasharel, along with the rest of the territory that the Philistines had taken. And there was peace between Yasharel and the Amorites in those days. Samuel continued as Yashorel's judge for the rest of his life. Each year he traveled around, setting up his court first at Bethel, then at Gilgal, and then at Mizpah. He judged the people of Yashorel at each of these places. Then he would return to his home at Ramah, and he would hear cases there too. And Samuel built an altar to Yahweh at Ramah. Chapter 8. As Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons to be judges over Yasharel, Joel, and Abijah. His, young, his oldest sons held court in Beersheba, but they were not like their father, for they were greedy for money. They accepted bribes and perverted justice. Finally, all the elders of Yasharel met at Ramah to discuss the matter with Samuel. Look, they told him, you are now old and your sons are not like you. Give us a king to judge us like all the other nations have. Samuel was displeased with their request and went to Yahweh for guidance. Do everything they say to you, Yahweh replied, for they are rejecting me, not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. Ever since I brought them from Egypt, they have continually abandoned me and followed other Elohims. And now they are giving you the same treatment. Do as they ask, but solemnly warn them about the way a king will reign over them. So Samuel passed on Yahweh's warning to the people who were asking him for a king. This is how a king will reign over you, Samuel said. 
The king will draft your sons and assign them to his chariots and his charioteers, making them run before his chariots. Some will be generals and captains in his army. Some will be forced to plow in his fields and harvest his crops. And some will make his weapons and chariot equipment. The king will take your daughters from you and force them to cook and bake and make perfumes for him. He will take away the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his own officials. He will take a tenth of your grain and your grape harvest and distribute it among his officers and attendants. He will take your male and female slaves and demand the finest, the finest of your cattle and donkeys for his own use. He will demand a tenth of your flocks and you will be his slaves. When that day comes, you will beg for relief from this king you are demanding, but then Yahweh will not help you. But the people refused to listen to Samuel's warning. Even so, we still want a king, they said. We want to be like the nations around us. Our king will judge us and lead us into battle. So Samuel repeated to Yahweh what the people had said. And Yahweh replied, do as they say, give them a king. Then Samuel agreed and sent the people home. Chapter 9. There was a wealthy, influential man named Kish from the tribe of Benjamin. He was the son of Abiel, son of Zeror, son of Becherot, son of Aphiah, of the tribe of Benjamin. His son, Shaol, was the most handsome man in Yashorel, head and shoulders taller than anyone else in the land. One day, Kish's donkey strayed away, and he told Shaul, take a servant with you and go look for the donkeys. So Shaul took one of the servants and traveled through the hill country of Ephraim, the land of Shilishah, the Shalim area, and the entire land of Benjamin, but they couldn't find the donkeys anywhere. Finally, they entered the region of Zuf, and Shaul said to his servant, let's go home. By now, my father will be more worried about us than about the donkeys. But the servant said, I've just thought of something. There's a man of Elohim who lives here in this town. He is held in high honor by all the people because everything he says comes true. Let's go find him. Perhaps he can tell us which way to go. But we don't have anything to offer him, Shaul replied. Even our food is gone and we don't have a thing to give him. Well, the servant said, I have one small silver piece. We can at least offer it to the man of Elohim and see what happens. In those days, if people wanted a message from Elohim, they would say, let's go and ask the seer. For prophets used to be called seers. All right, Shaul agreed. Let's try it. So they started into the town where the man of Elohim lived. As they were climbing the hill to the town, they met some young women coming out to draw water. So Shaul and his servant asked, is the seer here today? Yes, they replied. Stay right on this road. He is at the town gates. He has just arrived to take part in a public sacrifice up at the place of worship. Hurry and catch him before he goes up there to eat. The guest won't begin eating until he arrives to bless the food. So they entered the town, and as they passed through the gates, Samuel was coming out toward them to go up to the place of worship. Now Yahweh had told Samuel the previous day, About this time tomorrow I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. 
Anoint him to be the leader of my people, Yasharel. He will rescue them from the Philistines, for I have looked down on my people in mercy and have heard their cry. When Samuel saw Shaul, Yahweh said, that's the man I told you about. He will rule my people. Just then, Shaul approached Samuel at the gateway and asked, can you please tell me where the seer's house is? I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go up to the place of worship ahead of me. We will eat there together. And in the morning, I'll tell you what you want to know and send you on your way. And don't worry about those donkeys that were lost three days ago, for they have been found. And I am here to tell you that you and your family are the focus of all Yasharel's hopes. Shaul replied, but I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin, the smallest tribe in Yasharel, and my family is the least important of all the families of that tribe. Why are you talking like this to me? Then Samuel brought Shaul and his servant into the hall and placed them at the head of the table, honoring them above the 30 special guests. Samuel then instructed the cook to bring Shaul the finest cut of meat, the piece that had been set aside for the guest of honor. So the cook brought in the meat and placed it before Shaul. Go ahead and eat it, Samuel said. I was saving it for you even before I invited these others. So Shaul ate with Samuel that day. When they came down from the place of worship and returned to town, Samuel took Shaul up to the roof of the house and prepared a bed for him there. At daybreak the next morning, Samuel called to Shaul, get up. It's time you were on your way. So Shaul got ready and he and Samuel left the house together. When they reached the edge of town, Samuel told Shaul to send his servant on ahead. After the servant was gone, Samuel said, stay here, for I have received a special, a special message for you from Elohim. Chapter 10. Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it over Shaul's head. He kissed Shaul and said, I'm doing this because Yahweh has appointed you to be the ruler over Yasharel, his special possession. When you leave me today, you will see two men beside Rachel's tomb at Zelzah on the border of Benjamin. They will tell you that the donkeys have been found and that your father stopped worrying about them and is now worried about you. He is asking, have you seen my son? When you get to the Oak of Tabor, you will see three men coming toward you who are on their way to worship Elohim at Bethel. One will be bringing three young goats, another will have three loaves of bread, and the third will be carrying a wineskin full of wine. They will greet you and offer you two of the loaves, which you are to accept. When you arrive at Gibeah of Elohim, where the garrison of the Philistines is, located, you will meet a band of prophets coming down from the place of worship. They will be playing a harp, a tambourine, a flute, and a lyre, and they will be prophesying. At that time, the Ruach of Yahweh will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them. You will be changed into a different person. After these signs take place, do what must be done, for Elohim is with you. Then go down to Galgal ahead of me. I will join you there to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. You must wait seven days until I arrive and give you further instructions. As Shaul turned and started to leave, Elohim gave him a new heart and all Samuel's signs were fulfilled that day. 
When Jaal and his servant arrived at Gibeah, they saw a group of prophets coming toward them. The Ruach of Elohim came powerfully upon Shaul, and he too began to prophesy. When those who knew Shaul heard about it, they exclaimed, What? Is even Shaul a prophet? How did the son of Kish become a prophet? And one of those standing there said, Can anyone become a prophet, no matter who his father is? So that is the origin of the saying, Is even Shaul a prophet? When Shaul had finished prophesying, he went up to the place of worship. Where have you been? Shaul's uncle asked him and his servant. We were looking for the donkeys, Shaul replied, but we couldn't find them. So we went to Samuel to ask him where they were. Oh, and what did he say? His uncles asked. He told us that the donkeys had already been found, Shaul replied, but Shaul didn't tell his uncle what Samuel said about the kingdom. Later, Samuel called all the people of Yasharel to meet before Yahweh at Mizpah, and he said, This is what Yahweh, the Elohim of Yasharel, has declared. I brought you from Egypt and rescued you from the Egyptians and from all the nations that were oppressing you. But though I have rescued you from your misery and distress, you have rejected your Elohim today and have said, No, we want a king instead. Now, therefore, present yourselves before Yahweh by tribes and clans. So Samuel brought all the tribes of Yasharel before Yahweh, and the tribe of Benjamin was chosen by Lot. Then he brought each family of the tribe of Benjamin before Yahweh, and the family of the Matrites was chosen. And finally, Shaul, son of Kish, was chosen from among them. But when they looked for him, he had disappeared. So they asked Yahweh, where is he? And Yahweh replied, he's hiding among the baggage. So they found him and brought him out, and he stood head and shoulders above anyone else. Then Samuel said to all the people, this is the man Yahweh has chosen as your king. No one in all Israel is like him. And all the people shouted, long live the king. Then Samuel told the people what the rights and duties of a king were. He wrote them down on a scroll and placed it before Yahweh. Then Samuel sent the people home again. When Saul returned to his home at Gibeah, a group of men whose hearts Elohim had touched went with him. But there were some scoundrels who complained, how can this man save us? And they scorned him and refused to bring him gifts. But Saul ignored them. Nahash, king of the Ammonites, had been grievously oppressing the people of Gad and Reuben, who lived east of the Jordan. He gouged out the right eye of each of the Yashorites living there, and he didn't allow anyone to come and rescue them. In fact, of all the Israelites east of the Jordan, there wasn't a single one whose right eye, Nahash, had not gouged out. But there were 7,000 men who had escaped from the Ammonites, and they had settled in Jabesh-Gilead. All right, I hope you guys have enjoyed that. We covered chapters 5 through 10 in that session, and uh, we'll start back with chapter 11 on the next one. Thanks so much for joining me, and Shalom. Day and night and night and day, the living creatures give their praise.